0: Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series. Interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started.
1: Hi everyone, this is Pat Sherlock and welcome to our podcast. Today's topic is terrific. It's starting a recruiting group within a mortgage lender and I have the perfect expert, Ben Green. Ben is SVP with Strategic Growth for Synergy One. He was with Movement Mortgage and prior to that, Academy. Hi, Ben.
0: Hi, Pat. So excited to be with you. Appreciate the opportunity to visit.
1: Well, this is a terrific topic, and I get asked this question all the time, but before we kind of jump into it, why don't you tell our listeners how you got into mortgage banking and how you got into managing?
0: Yes, absolutely. So I, along with many in our industry, was brought in by a family member. I was a recent graduate from the University of Utah, and my cousin was a top producer for an outfit called Great Southwest Mortgage down in Phoenix and was looking to grow out his team and and mentor someone to help take his business to the next level. And so I took him up on that and originated with that team for a few years. It was that work that actually led me to Academy Mortgage after the mortgage crash in 07 and 08, kind of reset the landscape a little bit. And I wanted to get back into mortgage, but I did not want to originate any further at that point in time and and the opportunity that that group presented me was to become a sales recruiter and and to start to build relationships with originators across the country, educate them to what we were excited about at at Academy Mortgage, learn what other companies were excited about. And it was just a wonderful rebirth into the industry, if you will, after that, that time originating in terms of jumping into management, it was extremely organic. I was the first one there, and all of a sudden there was two of us, three of us, four of us, and it got to the point that James McPherson, our, our director at that time, who's now the CEO at Academy Mortgage, said, well, I guess I guess somebody should organize this a little bit and be responsible for it, and does anyone want to raise their hand? And i did and and away we went so it was a fun time at academy i was there five years we had upwards of eight recruiters during the time there managed a group of 13 recruiters at movement and now building out a team here at synergy one so every day i I just keep thinking man i get lucky they keep having me back and and to work with all these wonderful people it's it's really a privilege
1: well, wow, what a terrific career path for sure. So Ben, what was what's your biggest challenge that you have in your role now? So you're you're starting over again basically.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest challenge in terms of the industry is so many folks are are having record production years, right? And and that's wonderful and they're really providing a financial lift that so many families in in our country have needed due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and and so we're excited that the industry is able to play a a positive in this story, but it does create a scenario where you have all these top originators knowing that they're working with platforms that they don't really see themselves at long-term, but not sure how to move away from them, if you will, transition out of them in the short-term because they have pipelines that they are, are quite a bit larger than they're used to managing. And so that certainly creates a scenario of, you know, I, I know I don't want to be here, but I really don't feel like I have a choice other than to be here. And, and so you get a coach, a lot of folks through that, you get a chance to focus on if we're going to ask people to make a transition, we better be really darn good at onboarding and, and making sure that we care for their business the way they deserve us to do so and and make sure that they're in safe hands uh, going through transitions during a busy time.
1: yeah, that's really a great point. Uh, so what's been the biggest surprise in twenty twenty one so far?
0: Well, I think the biggest surprise is you know something that that you know depending on your place in the business may seem like a small change being the fannie Mae guidance on. Second homes and non-owner occupied homes, creating just a little tweak in how companies price, and that going along with just a, a relatively natural uptick in rate as the economy settles down a little bit uh, after the 2020. Dilemmas that that we all went through uh, has created a scenario where now it's kind of like the floodgates are open People see these tiny little things happen and think well shoot here. Here it is it, It's time to, to to really decide what I want to do with my career what I want to do with my future And so it kind of went from that tricky How would someone ever transition to now a whole bunch of activity and, and making sure you can handle it all responsibly
1: yeah that's a good point for sure. So, how do you continue to learn uh, and stay really on top of your game, especially in such a busy job that you have?
0: Yeah, to me, learning has always been about surrounding yourself with with folks that are more talented than you and and looking for ways to ask a lot of questions. I get to do that with you know the the relationships candidates, recruits that that work at other companies. I get to learn from them. I, I get to, work for senior leadership here at Synergy One and at my previous companies as well that had achieved so much and and treats people at, at this incredible level Is always welcoming others to, to step forward into leadership. And, and so really, again, the, the focus is just to surround yourself with people that, that you look up to, that you trust, that you know have the experience that you're seeking, and then ask a question and, and listen, take good notes and, and try and do your best with it.
1: Well, that's another great response. But let's jump into our main topic. And you have done this several times uh, in your career already, about starting a a recruiting group. What have you learned to do? And what have you learned not to do?
0: Yeah, I want to be careful to not say, you you know, have have my word be the only way that, that one can do this um, successfully, right? Because that just just like with independent mortgage banking as a whole, there's a number of different ways to find success. But for me, I've really worked hard to have my teams be built on mortgage professionals more so than true blue recruiters that may come from you know an agency environment where they're used to making sixty phone calls a day and and trying to to really expedite things to the finish line uh, as quick as they can for for quotas. And again, I wanna be very careful and say that that can also be done successfully. It's just not the way that I've gone about it. I like folks that similar to myself have originated or processed or tapped into the mortgage industry in one way shape or or form that allows them a look under the hood of the lives of the folks that that we're gonna ask them to build relationships with and potentially recruit. So that is something that I have been very intentional about. It does come, as you said, with some experience in, in not getting it right. I'm pretty fortunate that the majority of the folks I've brought into mortgage recruiting are still doing it today and have seen a lot of success and are well thought of. And I'm very proud of that. But, you know, the, the couple that maybe I would go back and change, I, I think I, I I was just not real intentional at that time about making sure that they understood the life of a mortgage professional as much as just being comfortable going out and recruiting and making calls.
1: Yeah, that's really, that's a, a wonderful point because a lot of times people don't really recognize that obviously recruiting is very difficult, especially in a market, as you've already described, that was obviously the record year. So how do you, in other words, how do you operate and what is the strategies that you use to, you've identified originators that you're interested in and then you're pursuing them. Talk about how you do that.
0: Yeah, we kind of work a three pronged approach of first and foremost, identify mutual fit, and we take the mutual part of that very seriously. This is something that I've learned from my boss, Aaron Nemec, who's a mentor and and a legend in this industry for my money. And and, uh, when, when he and I and others talk about that mutual fit, it's, of course, focusing not just on what works good for Synergy One Lending, but making sure Synergy One Lending works good for the teams that, that we are trying to build those relationships with. So step one again is um, identify and work towards a mutual fit. Step two is kind of that build performa stage. It's not always, you know, a, a technical performa as much as just the mindset of we've got to make sure that this pencil's right. We like them, they like us. Seems like the character and culture fit has been identified. But we got to make sure it, it pencils. Uh, we got to make sure that the logistics are accounted for in terms of leases and compensation and team structure and and those uh, very critical factors. So again, go from identifying mutual fit to that performa stage, if you will, and and then you take it to the presenting of an offer. And and that, of course, can be the actual activity of presenting an offer, but it's also just you know doubling and tripling down on that this is something that we really want to make happen. We want to be in business with you. We want to be in business with you today. We want to be in business with you for the long term. We want to help you achieve your career goals. So here are the technical, technical components of the offer, but also let's let's really make sure, again, we are on the same page of the path that we want to go on together.
1: So, Ben, I know you've talked about this in many conversations that I've had with you about building a relationship. Obviously, top producers get called by a million companies, by a million people. And so talk about how you build a relationship. And and I think what people don't really recognize is that that's just not one phone call, that we have the right products and we can pay you a lot of money. It's more than that. So talk about that
0: that is what i've really based my entire career in mortgage recruiting on it's such an important topic that you bring up there pat and and i know that companies have headcount goals that we have quarterly quotas that we're trying to keep in in terms of growth and and you know advancement of the team but what what i've tried to to commit to is having a long-term approach really casting out um, that the, this might be an opportunity, not just today, but it might be an opportunity 10 years from now. And that might be an even better opportunity than the one that that could be right in front of us today. And so I'm going to focus on what would be the right thing for this relationship in, in terms of maybe we get a chance to work together 10 years from today. And so the long-term approach has led to a number of long-term successes we've recently boarded teams at, at synergy one that you know i had the chance of having introductory calls with six seven eight years ago and so that that you know i think speaks for itself but it also gives you a, a better chance at those short-term wins because you're not desperately seeking for them if you're looking for that quarter under the couch uh, you're, you're oozing desperation and that comes through in phone calls and whether or not you tell somebody i care about this relationship and i just want to get to know you they can feel that you're searching for a short-term win and that's going to put their guard up and then you really never had a chance but you know on, on the flip side of that if you Aren't trying to force something that's not there, and have some sincerity about it. Hey, if you're in a great spot, I, I want to be the happiest one for you. We're also excited about what we have going on here, and you know, I make my way to your town, you know, every other year or so. Is it okay if I save your number and maybe bump into you uh, down down the road? People appreciate that, and all of a sudden, their guard is down, and they're sharing a little bit about what's important to them in the business, and maybe all of a sudden, again, a a shorter term opportunity presents itself because you organically got to the right place of the conversation instead of just trying to force something that was never meant to be.
1: Well, I I can't agree with you more. And so many times what I see certainly is people start off with products and pricing and how much compensation. It really is the wrong way. Talk about mutual fit and cultural fit. How do you Ascertain that the person f- fits into what you know will work at the company that you're at.
0: Yeah, so I, th- I think it, it certainly does start with character. Where we're, you know, the character of our organization, for instance, is is one that's really intent on providing speed, ease, and expertise to anyone that we do business with, and also having a five star rating with the three pillars of, of people that that we interact with every day. So that would be. Our colleagues here that would be our partners or others in the business and that would be of course our customers our borrowers our homeowners and, and so if that's going to be again kind of the pillar of what we build ourselves on here then we're going to try and identify that in others and, and so uh, if you're getting to know somebody and they're asking questions about how do you treat your borrowers what are the guarantees that that you make to satisfy the needs of your partnerships? Those are good questions. Those are questions that, that help us feel like we are identifying that mutual fit. On the other side of the coin, if, if you, you know, try and ask them about, um, you know, what's your interaction with your coworkers and, and all they want to do is get it back to, tell me again about how you guys price loans and, and what your comp plans look like. You are seeing early on in that relationship that it may not be a mutual fit in terms of the the character and culture and, and what your business is made up of.
1: Well, I'm sure you have made at this point in your career thousands of introductory calls. What do they look like? And again, uh, talk about not once you've made that call, do you go through like a CRM campaign or, or how does that work? Yeah, so.
0: Funny enough, I, I, I keep the same Microsoft Excel spreadsheet that I started with at Academy. I, I still have it to this day, And so we could probably go through and, and count the calls if you had enough time. <laughs> I mean, that that's not what everyone wants to, to hear. I would just tell you that, you know, I'm, I'm a simple guy. And so I try and keep my process simple. The calls are, are very, again, open-ended, trying to get to know somebody. I, I don't ask for very much time in those introductory calls. Uh, ninety seconds or so is you know allows you to at least gain some voice familiarity with someone and and you know maybe and identify when they would want you to to have a fuller conversation be it later that week or six months down the road and then you go into that process of putting them into in my case I, I, I use uh, email campaigns for a number of years but I have actually transitioned off of that over the last 18 months or so into more of a a personally written monthly newsletter in a sense that you know has a feel of Ben actually stopped and typed this out and I do send it out to large audiences so it's not a one-on-one email necessarily but it it, you know it's hopefully more reflective of how I operate as well as what might be happening at that moment in time at the company as well as in the industry versus something that was pre-put together by marketing and and doesn't really have any timestamp on it, just used forever and ever, just to say you have somebody in a database. And so that has been my process, really work hard to not bombard folks with a whole bunch of material that I know they didn't ask for. So when I'm sending this out again, it's at most once a month and really only to the audience that it's written for so it's not going to be to all 10,000 people i've ever said hello to if it's about leadership i'll share it with leadership folks if it's about operations i'll share it you know with with the operations folks i've had the chance to get to know and so i hope that answers your question just in terms of you know there's a simple flow to it but it's also not coming on too strong and hopefully always done with a level of respect that the folks that I've met uh, can appreciate that that I'm doing my job, trying to stay relevant with them, but but also not bombard them.
1: So, Ben, what are your thoughts on the world of video? And are are your uh, your calls Zoom calls, or talk about that?
0: Yeah, you know, we're starting to do more and more Zoom candidate calls. Obviously, you're not doing that introductory, but once you get somebody perhaps interested in visiting with. You know when a, a member of our executive team or senior sales leadership they tend to be more open to, to hopping on camera uh, for for those calls and in terms of video as a way to just uh you know maintain content out there for people to get to know you through i i, I try and do one or two videos a month on linkedin i think it's you know i'm, I'm comfortable doing it on linkedin because the the content is always you know about the industry, about the business, and and so you know I, I try not to be too personal with it. Obviously, I want people to feel comfortable getting to know me, but I, I just think LinkedIn is is the professional forum that, that people might be looking for tips and tricks and company information and that sort of thing. And and so yeah, I'll, I'll do you know short ones under sixty seconds. It takes me typically just a, a few clips to to get one right, and and then hopefully get a chance. Have people feel a little more comfortable with with who I am and, and what I look like, sound like through that outlet.
1: Well, I've seen yours; you're they're really terrific. So that's why I brought it up. Well, time has flown by. We only have a couple minutes left. So Ben, if you'd like to share kind of your takeaways for people that are looking to to start a recruiting group.
0: Yeah, my takeaways would be, you know, as we discussed a minute ago please try and have a vision for it. Please try and have a a level of professionalism about it, whether you choose to have loan officers make up your recruiting group or folks that are just pounding the phones at, at agencies. Each of those can be done very professionally. And what I mean by that is remember that at the end of the day, we are cold calling, basically interrupting high high volume producers and, and really elite talent who are trying to help put people in homes. And so there's, there's no need to be offended if they don't have time to speak with us because they're doing really wonderful, really important work. And, and so it's our job to maintain that same level of professionalism as we engage them and try and build relationships with them. I, I think if you go about it that way, you're going to see that long-term success and you can structure your team in different ways. But but that mindset of, I know what I'm doing. I am trying to engage with somebody that has a lot on their plate today. Really respectful and professional to that. And, and the dividends will start to pay off over time.
1: Well, I think that's great words of wisdom. I want to thank you, Ben, for sharing your thoughts. I want to thank everyone for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Thanks so much, Ben.
0: Thank you, Pat. You're a legend, and it's always a, just a blast to visit with you as it was today.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock@qfsconsulting.com. at qfsconsulting.com.